Hey everybody, you're listening to Talking Backwards, a Twin Peaks podcast. We just wanted to take a few moments to start the show tonight to wish you all well. We've gotten some good messages uh, thanking us for the entertainment, for keeping the show going, and we're doing our best. We're all doing it from our own homes, uh, you know, for now. Yes. Um, thank you. And f- we will do it as long as we can. Yeah, we will. And thank you for quarantining in. <laughs> Dave oh. Cut here. Pat and Cut here. <laughs> <laughs> it's staying. <laughs> Dave's losing it. It's staying. <laughs> right. uh, I like well, that. Shout out to the 25 Years Later website for giving us a shout out. Um, that was really kind. Yeah, it's a great article. They mention a lot of really cool recommendations on there. Uh, it's so cool that we're alongside some other really cool content. Go to the 25 Years Later website. Yeah. 25yearslatersite.com. Give it a look. Give it a read. And tell your friends. Friend. Yeah. Big thanks to John Bernardi for writing about us. We appreciate it more than you'll ever know. And thanks to everyone who's reached out to us t- to let us know that you're enjoying it and that it helps you in any capacity. Uh, any kind of enjoyment that everybody gets out of this. That's the only reason we do it. We're just three guys talking about a TV show and that it makes other people feel better is great. I'm glad that's the thing. As many of our listeners know, this weekend was supposed to be the Twin Peaks 30th anniversary celebration at Graceland. And do we were headlining. We, we were headlining in our dreams. <laughs> As many of you already know, hopefully no one's traveling to Memphis. This event has been postponed to Halloween weekend. Um, it's been postponed much like everything else in the world. Except the Final Fantasy VII remake. Well, that's already has it. It's fair shares of <laughs> yeah delays. WrestleMania still, still happening, happening yeah. with no with no crowd. <laughs> so <laughs> the way God Which, intended. For the it. record, there are videos of that with Twin Peaks music in the background, and it's amazing. Yeah, that that has been amazing. Um, hopefully, some more will come of that because that was really cracking me up. I want there to be a wrestler that comes out to the Twin Peaks thing, but he's like a parody of The Undertaker because that first <laughs> note kind of reminds me of The Undertaker's Ding. thing. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does, actually. That's a nice... Maybe there's a remix floating. You should probably search YouTube. <laughs> it's probably already been made. Um <laughs> Devler's walkout. Just, I know, for me personally, it. I'm still working, and so it didn't really hit for me until I went grocery shopping yeah. pretty recently and there was just nothing on the shelves and there was nobody around yeah. and it was spooky. Like this really yeah. feels like a different world. So if there is anybody who thinks that there's nothing going on or not to take this seriously, have you been to the grocery store lately? Because it will right. pull back the veil. Something is going on. But the gas it prices. Is a big deal. <laughs> are way down. Those gas prices, though. I have a 40-minute commute, so I've really been appreciating <laughs> the gas prices. But um, we're going to keep this going. I mean, we're all, we're all affected by this in different ways, and we're going to you know, keep going as, as long as we can um, and continue to watch this great show. Um, and as we're excited. It's a stressful, bad time, but we need to try and find all the positives that we can and do as many things that will keep us in good spirits as possible. 
So we will keep the show going as much as the situation allows. Yeah. Just wash your hands, people. Yep. That's it. Yeah. Just pretend you're Harold Smith. Stay indoors. <laughs> wash your hands. <laughs> That's right. Perfect. That's the least you can do Perfect. for all of us. All right. And with that. Without further ado, it's time to get into some checkmate. like some lemonade. I also have some saltines. Would you like to wash your hands? <laughs> oh, I was not expecting the Harold Smith <laughs> remix. <laughs> that was fantastic. Tyler oh, Mullen's not gosh. to be outdone. <laughs> Just what I needed. Yeah. Well, welcome back to Talking Backwards. It's the Twin Peaks podcast where we talk about every episode of the show. I'm Dave Jackson, and I have seen the show one time. I'm joined by Patrick Mahan. Hey, everybody. Patrick sees the show a whole bunch still. I watch it daily. I'm also joined by Tyler Mullins. I've seen, seen the show none times. So what you're saying to me is you are just caught up to this, this exact episode. I said what I said. So that means, Tyler, that you have only seen up to season two, episode 13, 21st overall, but this is episode 20, a.k.a. Checkmate. Yes. Oh, uh, yep. Uh, <laughs> I actually like this one a lot. Same. I almost checked out. <laughs> really? I almost checked out on Checkmate? Just immediately. No, here's what okay, happened. Here's what about, happened. <laughs> think about when the last time I watched an episode was. It's been a few okay. weeks. The world was still working <laughs> right, the way yeah. it should. There were still places to go, and, and you were able to be around people. Yeah, and so I turn it on, skip the credits. Yeah. I see a bunch of stars. We're gonna get. We are. Yeah, we're gonna get to that. But it's Garland Briggs. <laughs> we're gonna get to that. Uh, we we need to first make mention that this episode was written by Harley Payton, who is great, and it was directed by Todd Holland, who you may remember as Spider Man, as the director of the episode Laura's Secret Diary. I remember that vividly. Which is actually the episode that doesn't have to do with her secret yes. diary. And I do find some similarities between, in, in just some, some shots and stuff, and we'll get to it. And I'm sure it's just because this was a Todd Holland uh, joint. Tyler, you first watched this episode earlier today, and I got a phone call I from did. you. Um, you told me that you were only five seconds in. And you needed to I talk was. to someone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is a true story. Because yes, we open up um, uh, on, I don't even know how to describe this, Dave. You can't. I think we just need to blow by it. Pretty much no, we're not blowing by it. We need it, to talk about this in probably great detail. <laughs> it needs proper examination. Okay, so it, it's trippy. You pretty much have a flaming, uh, what do you call it, like a nuclear waste symbol? Kind of spinning into view like a newspaper headline. Just fire all around. <laughs> and then there's a thick wood. Hazard symbol. With a stone throne <laughs> uh, housing one Garland Briggs as he is trying to kind of, I guess, work his way back into his memories. But he's just coming up with some strange imagery that he encountered in the time while he was in the Flash. And is, yeah. I, I guess they're trying to get it out of him to try and understand what happened. 
And he's trying to understand. Yeah, yeah I don't think he can quite recall everything. <laughs> uh, one of the really cool things he says is that uh, he feels like he, or all of his memories are, says, I know everything, but it's just out of reach. I have all the knowledge. That's just a heavy concept. What if you yep. knew? It, it's just like having what you're looking for on the tip of your tongue for the rest of your life. <laughs> I know he eventually gets to where he asks Cooper if he's familiar with Project Blue Book. Mm-hmm. Which, have y'all watched that show on the History Channel? No, but I'd love to. It might give you some insight into Twin Peaks. Oh, well, let me uh, get on it. And Major Garland Briggs. I have read the Blue Book. Oh, is he featured? He might be. I've read the Blue Book, and I know an awful lot about the going value of multiple models of cars over various years. Excellent. Excellent. Is your book named after Kelly? Yes. Not a thing about UFOs in there. What? Didn't find a single thing about UFOs. Uh, Also of note, uh, he mentions having seen a giant owl so big that it was able to cloud his memory. I feel like that's important. Uh, And it was giant. That's true. It left that mark on him. He wants to talk about this. Hazard hazardous material he does not want this to be classified he wants to divulge everything yeah he's like he's like a regular tom DeLong. <laughs> yes he is but uh we also we also discover uh that that three triangular scars appear behind his right ear mm-hmm. in perfect proportion mm-hmm. that's very interesting it is. What do you make of that? We get like to see the, a photo uh, of it. Owl, owl, talon, towel, and you think he's been scarred by owls? I think so. I think they hmm. swooped down and grabbed him here, and then they flew him to the White Lodge. Yeah, he does. He does mention again, but the White Lodge. Then he gets interrupted. Yeah, again, this keeps happening. Every time he says blue. the words <laughs> "the White Lodge," he gets that. interrupted, and it just pisses me off. I get so upset every time this happens. Like, why can't we just talk about the White Lodge? You, if you say those three words in Twin Peaks, you're not allowed to talk about it anymore. Somehow, mm-hmm. the spirits are in the air, and the information just gets taken right out of sight. They needed Hawk to be there. Man, mm-hmm. Hawk always needs to be somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Hawk is somewhere. <laughs> at all I'm, times. I'm ready to get to that. <laughs> but... Yeah. At all times, Hawk um, is where he is. Uh, there was also something he said where he was just like, is this is this good for the soul? And he was like pointing at the table. I was like, are you Chicken talking soup? about the table? <laughs> yeah. Just like tapping on the table. Like, what what are you referring to? I couldn't figure that like, one is out. Is this for the soul? Is this meant for the soul? Yeah. That was just kind of when he was just jabbering. Like a walkie. Oh, well. Yeah, I kind of looked up and just... What I am, uh, I'm very fascinated by the Squirrel? by the uh, map on the drawing board. Yeah, it was it was I too much. That. It was so yeah. much on there. Yeah, like who drew that and Just, why? <laughs> a lot going on. I assume it had to do with where Briggs disappeared. As far as those symbols on his neck go, I think it's just. I mean, especially looking like the nuclear symbol, I think that's. Pretty important. Yeah, some men come in and take him away as soon as he starts to talk about the White Lodge. Truman's like not having it. He's like, do you sure you want to (laughs) go? This is one of my oldest friends. Not like (laughs) he's in my custody or anything like that. This is my pal. Yeah, this whole episode, Truman just kind of tries to do what he wants to do. Harry's had enough. Regardless of what somebody else wants. 
I mentioned earlier that this episode was directed by Todd Holland. I was reminded by the way that nuclear symbol spins into frame at the beginning of the episode. It did remind me of how the beginning of the other episode he directed was the stuff coming out of the tile on the ceiling when they were mm-hmm. when Leland was getting interrogated. It was just familiar. Just a very just an intense like opening, just like what is this? <laughs> yeah, the guy likes his unsettling openings. Yeah, yeah, he sure does. And speaking of Leland, I was getting some flashbacks here too when uh, you know, they took Briggs out and the uh, sprinkler was dripping. Yeah. Uh, and right onto the photograph of the, you know, the uh, nuclear symbol that's on Carlin Briggs's neck, which makes mm-hmm. me think that's connected. I still think of... You'd be crazy to you think know, that. Bob or, you know, uh, mm-hmm. with the stuff that happened at the sheriff's station. Um when the, you know, sprinklers were set off and the fact that they're dripping onto this picture, I I think that's no coincidence at all. None? I concur. At all? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's not related. I think they have faulty plumbing. They have faulty lighting. A lot of faults in Twin Peaks. So, yeah, I just think that, you know, there's... This is still just showing there's some spirits at play. I'll take that it. There's that connection with Briggs and... The sprinklers, that's all. So let's uh let's talk about Ernie. Go visit our old pal, the professor. Little wishy washy. Yeah, how's this guy a major character now all of a sudden? I don't know. Yeah. And, <laughs> like, how does this person live? <laughs> what? How does he decide on anything? Oh. I don't know. I know. Man, he is just so back and forth. <laughs> He He's so uh, ready to jump up and defend his own honor, but then we'll just <laughs> turn right back around. Yeah. He's like, you know what? You won't talk to me like that. And actually, it's not worth it. And I'm going to leave because now I feel bad. <laughs> Ernie Niles is as bold as can be. And then he starts begging. <laughs> I beg you. I can't do it. I beg you. <laughs> this character. I hate it. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> now, Denise uh, kind of gets him to call the action. Yeah, they're trying to get him to call Gene Renault. Gene uh, Renault. But uh, set up this sting. Please don't by. make me do this. This is suicide. <laughs> um, you think I won't do it? I'll do it. Please don't make me do this. My favorite part about this scene is when he's going to tell him about they've got the out of town buy and Cooper's eating a donut and gives him the classic Coop thumbs up. That's. Mm-hmm. That's the highlight of the scene. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, he's, he's like, run me through the plan again. I don't know if it's the same scene. It might be the next time around. He's like, run me through the plan again. He's like, we go in, we do the buy, and then you arrest John Renault. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got That's it. it. <laughs> That's the plan. Hasn't changed. Great job. It's time to move on to Dave's favorite storyline. <laughs> I don't know about my favorite. <laughs> Sure it is. I'm I'm happy to have more Andy in my life. You mean Andrew? Andrew, I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And who else who's he speaking to? Yeah, uh, Dick Tracy Maine. Ooh. <laughs> I like Dick Tracy Maine. That's great. No, he, so Andy comes in, walks right past Lucy, says hey, but then just kind of blows past her and is caught by surprise by Dick Tremaine in a flamboyant like not subtle at all disguise the fedora the trench coat 
Yeah, looking like the guy on the neighborhood watch sign. Yeah. How did he get in there? I assume he just walked in and everybody saw him and he assumes that he, since he's, he's incognito. I'm wearing this trench coat. Nobody saw me. <laughs> right. Impossible to recognize. Apparently he was supposed to meet Andy earlier, so who knows how long he's been waiting there because Andy was getting a cat out of a tree. Yes. <laughs> Twin Peaks police work is never dull or something like that. Peace workers work is never done. <laughs> They're trying to find out about Little Nikki's past via records. Uh, the files are locked up at the original orphanage, but Dick Tremaine was able to find out that's where they were by getting some blue-haired ladies to sup from his palm. And I don't know what he means. Oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> yes, I guess you like do. I had the meeting out of my hand. But why would you say it like that? So, Lucy, I feel like, does she hear some of this? I don't think so. No, okay, I, so she just goes she after they... the tail end of it. Yeah, and then, I mean, yeah. after they walk away, she comes out and tells Cooper that she couldn't find anything about Wyndham Earl um, in the personal columns in the national newspaper, or every national newspaper, I should say. Um, nothing uh, about nothing. him or Wyndham or chess or checkers. <laughs> I'd like to take a trip over to the double R. Uh, R and R. Where... Where Big Ed uh, gets asked by Norma Jennings, more coffee? He says, you bet. You bet. Then he hands her the check, and there's a note on the back that says, we need to talk. My wife's in high school. Come over later. Why a note? And then he says, (laughs) bye-bye. You're in front of her. (laughs) Yeah. You can just say, can we talk later? It's not. It's all about secrets, Dave. Yeah. It's not Twin Peaks. She's filled with secrets. I assume this is because Hank is within earshot, maybe. Lurking behind yeah. the soft yeah. serve over there. Yeah. Hank's twin peeking around the corner. He's twin peeking through two machines to <laughs> talk to Norma. He's so weird. She's like, just think of it as a test. What does that mean? <sighs> well, oh, I will. he's already on thin ice with Norma, so. Well, it's just him and a kitchen full of scrambled eggs. Back at the Johnson household, Dave. Uh, we get to overhear a little bit. Of Invitation to Love. Yeah. It's an ongoing series. It's been a minute. I'm upset we haven't seen anymore. Yeah. But I'm glad that we are reminded that it exists. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it is sad that uh, we don't get a glimpse of a scene. I'd love to see what old Chad is up to. Probably wheeling around his wheelchair. Much like Leo Johnson. Yeah. Who is being fed currently. I hate Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over it. He had a little bit of redemption for a little bit. Yeah. And who do you that's gone. Who do you dislike more? Drug dealer Bobby or business boy Bobby? Business boy Bobby. <laughs> I prefer the interim Bobby between <laughs> No, I know Bobby that, but I'm not that wasn't you. a choice today. <laughs> Specifically. <laughs> drug dealer Bobby or business boy Bobby? Drug dealer Bobby. Hands down. I say business boy Bobby. I think he uh I think it's it, this shows too. Obviously, Shelley's had enough, but it also just shows she's more attracted to the bad boy and not this new. I got business to take care of. I'm Ben Horn's business boy. <laughs> business boy. <laughs> Am I the business boy? What does he call himself? You're looking at Ben Horn's new boy or something like that. Best boy. So he can't feed Leo because he's got baseball practice or business. I'm not sure I which one. Yeah. I don't know how they're still in school. Uh, he claims to have better things to do. Uh, Shelly accuses him of thinking she doesn't have better things to do. He says she probably doesn't, 
and this gets him slapped real hard. Oh yeah, this but is not so loud. Really? Like it's one of the worst TV slaps I've seen. It doesn't look good, but the sound that comes off of it, but it has is a, a real feels good. She just clearly doesn't know what the golden opportunity means. Yeah, I was upset we didn't get a new shoes here. We did get a venomous stare from Leo. Yeah. So, which, to me, definitely gave the impression of him being very aware of what's going on right oh, now. Oh, he knows. Yeah. Also, what he was he, like, spitting up blood? No, it was the... What, whatever sludge they were feeding him was just kind of spilling out of his mouth. Jello? It was all over Shelly, too. Yeah, there's a bunch of it. Bobby storms off. Leo's aware of what's happening. And then... Old James. James calls Big Ed at Big Ed's gas farm and uh, finally checks in. You know, he's been missing for a day or two. Mm -hmm. He lets Big Ed know that he needs all of the money out of his savings account. All of it. James, there's only $12. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just bring bring me what's left. (laughs) Whatever's left. $12. (laughs) It's $12. (laughs) Oh my God. Literally just told you, son. Um, while he's, he's speaking the on the phone with Big Ed, uh, Evelyn Marsh appears in the doorway. Well, she asks if he's calling long distance. Yeah. And he says Twin Peaks. And it's not ever posited whether that means it's not long distance or it is. Right. I think it is. Yeah, yeah it's long distance. I think it's two hours away. I think it's in Canada. I think Wally's sure. is in Canada. I would be very interested to find out if this is in Canada. He mentions earlier that he got on the bike to take it as far as it and would. Just, and just went. But, you know, it's Straight literally not town. that far because we find out later in the episode that this is deliverable by a high school student that just happens upon what's being mailed. Hmm. When Donna comes to Ed later. And he's like, oh, I'll take it. Oh. He said he'd take the bike as far as it would take, get him, but we don't know if he had like an eighth of a tank of gas left when he left. Right. I'd say he's like 100 miles away, if that. But uh, Jim talks about <laughs> Laura a little bit. Don't call me Jim. Jimothy. Jimothy Hurley. So he talks a little bit about Twin Peaks. I guess he blames himself for Maddie getting murdered, of even course. though he, like, tried to help. He always tries to help. It, just, it seems like no matter what I tried to do, even if I, like, tried to help, another girl got murdered. Yeah. <laughs> The thing is, I mean, what I really learned from this scene is that James, Sucks. he, <laughs> he, um, his life used to make sense, you know, and that Did he it. didn't like it all the time, but it was, it was his life. That's what I learned. His life sucked, man. <laughs> he sat there in class like this and then he would just break pencils all the time. And he would classic get on James his face. bike and go. Yeah. Classic James. Yeah. Let's not forget about the songs that he would write. Why? I just I need to mention it. That's important to his story. It is. He acknowledges a little bit of uh, Evelyn's bruises before yeah. they start smoocheruching. Right. And then she asks him for a favor, which goes unnamed at this time. I wish she was. I'd asked him if he was in a band. Were you ever in a band, James? No. The best band. Back to the double R, Nadine and Mike. Donna! She is persistent. Nadine is persistent. She is. I mean, he even calls her Miss Hurley, and she doesn't even bat an eye at that comment. <laughs> doesn't bat an eye? Yeah. <laughs> she just has no idea what's going on. Yeah. She wants to just split a pie with him. 
Yeah, I'll, uh, Mike would rather have two pies Mike's, for himself. Mike's not interested. Yeah, he wants two two pies for himself and sixteen cups of coffee. I kept hoping Norma would come out <laughs> and see this, right? Yeah, and say something. <laughs> yeah, or just like report back to Ed, right? Thought you ought to know. Yeah, or just something so like that. you know. <laughs> is this Tyler where we see our soup of the day? It is a. Wonderful sounding spring wheat and barley. Hmm. How yeah. about that? Is that a special soup? I'll it take, is a special soup. I'll take two. Mm, no, one per customer. This is <laughs> the the time of the COVID. Please limit one. No, Mike would rather have two pies to himself, 16 coffees for her to never speak to him again. Oh, I love Mike too when she first showed up and he was just like, oh Lord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I laughed out loud. Loving, oh, loving Mike Nelson more and more with every week. Yeah, that's great. This is one of my favorite storylines happening right now. Then we've got Truman and Josie. Ugh, count me in as who cares. <laughs> <laughs> Follow me under, oh, brother. What is shenanigans? No, again, Truman, just way too aggressive. Just, what is the word? Controlling. And forceful and overly affectionate in a time that does not call for it. Listen to this person's needs. Yeah, he really doesn't listen to her at all. No. He just keeps like grabbing her. Stop this. <laughs> I hate it. Let's move on. Yeah. Back to the Great Northern. Meanwhile, yeah, Lucille doesn't want to play war anymore. <laughs> I don't know who Lucille is, but I, I feel like she just saw something I she thought... didn't need to see. That was like her brother's new caretaker because she was holding like a drum and oh yeah, I thought like a headdress or something. It just seemed like it was her brother's stuff. So this is our second Lucy of the show. Yes. This is a double. Wow. Nailed it. Nice. Ben's gone, man. I don't know. It seems pretty normal to me. On his hands and knees, <laughs> playing with figures. Uh, it's an important day. It's an important day in the Civil War. Yeah. And Audrey's just trying to save the business. Well, I mean, the good news from this scene is that we're getting Jerry back. Puts in a call to Jerry, and hopefully he has been saving Grace. And it sounds like he is not going to be just Jerry. No. General Stewart. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> so let's get ready for that. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, buckle up for that ride. Yeah, Dave, are you you feeling okay? Am I feeling okay? Yeah, are you nervous? You are you sweating? You you sweating like a pig? I don't have hyperhidrosis. <laughs> okay, just making sure. So my sweat is normal. It is a childhood condition. I'm not sure if you were aware. It comes up a couple of times. <laughs> it does. It makes me laugh. I lost the second time. I lost it because <laughs> you just hear him like in the background. He's like, it's a childhood condition. <laughs> it's the second time. I've got hyperhidrosis. That's a childhood condition. I'll be there on time. Oh, I lost it. I just was, I was like, you know what, Ernie? You've at least given me this great laughter and this great joy. So I guess you're not all that bad. <laughs> Well, the first time he says that he had been in Korea, and he really noticed it then. And then the second time was Guam. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he was all was over. Like, I feel like half of this story is true. Yeah. The fact that, that he that has he's... hyperhidrosis. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Hawk is not into the sweating. No, he's getting it all over himself. Nor, nor would anyone be. I don't think he's gonna need a towel. Yeah. Oh, is this it's why? Real bad. Is this why it started smoking? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The sweat actually fries <laughs> his wire. Yeah. I was like, "How did this happen?" <laughs> yeah. It's really funny. It's it's a lot like that Arrested Development gag I like so much, where the martini's getting spilled in the floor, and then Michael Sarah comes in and slips. Yeah, it's like just one of those background details yeah. that is actually vital to a gag. Yeah. Oh man, so good. There's something very important that also happens here. Uh, Cooper uh, expresses that he wishes he could join him. Um. Oh yeah. Truman says, "Consider yourself deputized." Throws him a Twin Peaks badge, and Cooper hopes he can Which live I'm up to it. I'm gonna need to get my hands on one of. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, the Bureau's loss is Truman's gain. It's true. It's pretty awesome. It's true, man. Um, oh, you also you mentioned that Denise was there, but actually, we oh get yeah. Dennis. That's right. Yeah. Dennis shows up, and somehow this look is way more uncomfortable for me. Oh yeah. So it's this super look awesome. Good. Well, it's because it's it's the way David is playing it to. It's a guy playing a yeah. girl that's playing a guy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> which is hilarious. Which, yeah. Come on, David Duchovny in this scene. You're killing it. Yeah, yeah. he is killing it. He's doing, yeah. he's doing so good being this character. <laughs> or sorry, so well. Yes. Well, meanwhile, Ernie's like, hey, guys, can I ask you a question? And, and he's like, don't make me do this. I'm a coward. Uh, just kidding. I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Don't make me do this. <laughs> Let's go do it, huh? Just a momentary lapse. I'm, I'm cool. a coward. Sorry, momentary lapse. Yeah. Uh, this is this is our ringer. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Donna uh, visits Ed to ask about James, and that's when uh, he tells her that James just called, and he gives her the $13 to take up to uh, hide out Wally's. $12? Did I already get it wrong? I'm already... $12. Probably. Sorry. But... Gave him a dollar more. Jim Jim also calls it just Wally's. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Um... Well, I still call it Hideout Wally's. That's what it's called. So she leaves to go to Hideout also, Wally's, and Ed turns, and Norma is there. She's on her way out, though, because they've been... Yeah, they've been doing something. Well, maybe they were uh, having a cup of coffee. It. They Each were doing other. it. Having a nice conversation over a cup of coffee. Phone. Is that what they're calling it these days? <laughs> yeah. And then, Ed closes the door. He walks over. Surprise, surprise. Hank... Is there? I want to know where Hank was because how I have it imagined in my head is like he's like <laughs> ducked he's behind something, like Bob style. He's crouched behind Spider-Man to the ceiling. <laughs> he's crouched like Bob behind Norm, some furniture. Norma walks out the door and he's like, "Tyler, are you implying? <laughs> are you implying that Hank is a spirit? No, he's not good enough for to." Be how did a he blast into the middle of an open room and he's not out of breath? Right. Yeah. After having been hiding. It's, I was like, Ed? <laughs> that hair is super aerodynamic. Yeah, he starts beating up Big Ed. Luckily, someone walks in. Who is it, Dave? It's Super Nadine. Maddie. 
Ferguson. Not April Fool's. <laughs> oh, got him. No, Super Nadine blasts in, pom-poms in hand, sees what's going on, doesn't care for it one bit, uh-uh. starts winding up this tote bag. <laughs> kind of like Leo with the uh, soap. The sock. The base with the, the soap sock, yeah. It's the same thing. Oh, man. Just it's clobbers Hank. Yeah. Sends him flying. I'm surprised she didn't kill him. I loved I... the shot where she was pushing him up yeah. on the wall. And you could yeah. see, like, these super clean-shaven legs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I still noticed that. Uh, the music in this scene is kind of strange. It's very pulsing and kind of comes in and out warbly like very otherworldly yeah this is like i thought it was a strange backdrop for what we were seeing yeah that is weird so nadine will take care of everything reverse herself in the third person to say that she'll take care of everything all right dave take what's this next scene about so dick and andy have taken it upon themselves to find Little Nicky's records, since Dick suspects him of a, being a murdering little devil child. Devil and he's just egg. kind of along for the ride, I think. <laughs> yeah, little devil egg. <laughs> and Andy's just kind of here for it. And they get in there and start looking through the files. So I assume that Dick knew what Nicky's last name was, because he starts going through the in folder, and I'm thinking... It's going to be by last name, guys. It's not going to be under Nikki. It could be. But his I assume last he name. did know his last name. They find little Nikki's file. He has had several initial adoptions. So maybe there's been some fudging of the paperwork. I don't really care. I do not care. <laughs> I don't really care about this. But it's an entertaining scene anyway. It was yeah. just when the couple came in about adopting someone. Yep. And they were playing dumb, and Dick was just like, uh, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. uh, Donnie is dead. Dead tired. Uh, <laughs> immediately catches himself, like, no, mm-mm. The whole time Andy's like... You mean Woody? Yes. Me and my associate, uh, Woody. <laughs> I love the convention of using Hanna-Barbera characters as aliases throughout the series. Yeah. Back to the Great Northern, uh, Bobby is there. Business boy, Bobby Briggs. Business boy, Bobby. <laughs> and Ben is uh, just explaining what he's been doing. Uh, he's been involved in the Civil War, doing battle. Mm-hmm. Maneuvers. Audrey shows up. She notices that Ben calls business boy Bobby General Yeah, Need? he does stand in front of him on top of a table with a saber, presents it to him, and accepts his unconditional surrender. Bobby is going to have to talk to President Lincoln about that. Yep. And he'll get back to him. That's right. So he leaves, and he'll, he's like, I'll get back to you about that whole surrender thing. Because uh, he doesn't want to keep President Lincoln waiting. Who would? Yeah, well, in Bobby's mind, Ben has gone full Flip City. Just got himself a condo there. <laughs> he keeps calling Audrey baby. And I hate it. Yeah, she does she too. Hates it. <laughs> yeah. But then Catherine shows up. Yes, she does. And stuffs Ben in her shirt. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she does do that. And then he just proceeds to... Before that, there's some talk about how... I mean, she's just there to gloat, which he predicted. She really has broken him. She says something that really just... It made me really uncomfortable. I can't remember what it was. Put your head in my that shirt. That he makes her body hum? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the That's one. The one. <laughs> ben makes Catherine's body hum. Get me out of yeah. here. I don't want to be I don't want to be in here. Okay, I actually I'm not loving but I'm not hating James in this scene. What? You're wrong. Who are you? I, it feels good to see him smiling. It it you feels are, good to see a smiley James. Is this the first time we've seen him smile? Feeling good. Let me tell you. It's not the very first, but he's never been what? No. really joyous in a scene. It was that one time when Maddie walked into the Double R diner and he was like, <laughs> Um, I mean, it's got to be because he's got a wonderfully honest face. He's fixed the jag. He's very, seems very content being around Evelyn, even though this whole thing is stupid. I'm mad because he wastes two two glasses of champagne. Just tosses them. That is my favorite thing he's ever done. He grabs them, throws them out on the ground, and then just throws them into the car. Like, (sighs) if you're about to do. Some car side outdoor banging. You chug the champagne, and then you smash the glasses. And then you throw the glasses. Exactly. On the glass. Smash them up. Yeah. Deviled exactly. Come on. You don't throw out the two glasses. Gently sit them in the front seat, and then proceed to outdoor bang. No, there was no gentle. It was a gentle huck at best. Here you go, car. Here's a gift. Here's an attaboy for you. A gift to the jag. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Thanks for letting me repair you. Some shattered flutes. I, I, I enjoyed seeing James feel a little good. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't care. I don't want to care, but I couldn't help enjoying seeing the boy smile. So Malcolm sees this, and it looks like Malcolm is in the middle. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Ernie is making the buy. Yep. Sweating. <laughs> Sweating like a pig. So much. <laughs> and this is when we learn again that yep. <laughs> it's a childhood he has condition. <laughs> it's a childhood condition. Oh, they start talking about his time in Guam. And everyone around him is just like, stop. What are you doing? Just calm down. Yeah. You're not good at this. Um, but, these are the buyers. These are the bad guys. Yeah. Saying stop. Right. But then his uh, shirt starts smoking from all, <laughs> the, from all the sweat. <laughs> That's so good. I love it so much. I love that the sweat fries the mic. Yeah, Hawk runs over. His shirt like, is smoking. <laughs> oh, my God. But I love that uh, Jean Renault immediately <laughs> knows that it's Cooper. And mm-hmm. he just runs Who out else and he's just be? like, Cooper? Yeah. Cooper! Uh, Cooper's willing to make a trade. <laughs> he is. Be himself for Dennis and Ernie. Mm-hmm. They take him up. Hawk puts in a call to Lucy. It went south. We need backup. So while they're working up a trade, uh, Evelyn leaves James after a evening of hot romance in the marshmallow land. <laughs> then she starts kissing her brother. Yeah, she's stupid her brother. <laughs> don't think what? I don't think that's her brother. <laughs> That's as much her brother as Mr. Lee was Josie's cousin. 
Uh, we get another reference to dreams. He's, she says dreaming of love. Basically what we glean from it is that Evelyn is not being truthful with James on any level. The poor boy is being played. Back at Dead Dog Farm, Jean is kind of going over the options, what to do next. Yeah, more deputies pretty are showing sure he's, up. Yeah, he's pretty sure he's going to die here. And he's kind of mulling over whether to take Cooper with him. He's double-checking that because he asks Cooper if they're going to let us run. He's like, will they let us surrender? Will they let us run? No. no. So then Cooper asks, uh, is my death so important to you? And this is where we get this great monologue from Gene Renault, um, where he talks mm-hmm. about his brothers that died, and then he holds him responsible, and that uh, when Coop came to town, a uh, pretty girl died, everything changed. Uh, it's a great. Well, pretty girl die. Everything change. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good scene. You know what happens when people monologue? Kept. Yeah. This is so, it's so dumb, but it's so good. Right. That the way they infiltrate the house. Yeah. Is they send Denise in a double R uniform with a tray. Him and Mountie King both fall for it. They also just open the door. Well, yeah. And she has a double R diner outfit. Yeah. That one guy, Red. He was like, did you order food? Yeah, but he's like, no, 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 let her come in. It's fine. Um, John Renault's even like checking her out. <laughs> like what? This this delivery driver drove up, saw these cop this cars and walked by them, and the cops were like, oh, no, please. Yes. Go, Uber Eats isn't about delivery. to walk through a line of cops. Absolutely. And I love, too, that John Renault's like, don't I know you? <laughs> As she's hiking her skirt up. From earlier when you were dentist. So that Coop can grab the pistol out of her undies. Yeah. Shootout commences, and some bodies drop. So That's right. Yep. This is like our first non-silent of season pistol two. of Twin Peaks. So yeah, uh, Jean yeah. Renault takes a hit. Mountie King gets punched by Denise. Punched out. Yeah, one hit, one drop. I believe... We need to say goodbye to Jean Renault. Oh, you want to take a moment? Yeah, let's take a moment. That was, that's three Renaults. Oh, that, was, that was a lot. Was that for that's all of them? quite a moment. Bernard, yes, that was Jacques, for... and John. <laughs> the Renaults three. The Renaults Gone three. With the <laughs> I guess you could say Jean Renault bit the bullet, baby. Bite the bullet, baby. But yeah, they say he's dead. Hawk had a weird look. Here. He did. He like stood up and like, which made me suspicious of Hawk for some reason. Hmm. I can't explain. I didn't get into it, but in that moment, I was like, I could see Hawk turning out to be hmm. something other like a turncoat? than just a cop in Twin Peaks. I I certainly didn't gather that, but that's interesting that you took it there. I did. I took it all the way there. Very interesting. Bought a, bought a breakfast. So this is where, even on, on a rewatch, and I feel like I feel this way with every rewatch, is that I think this is where the episode ends. Yes. It's but a natural it ending. doesn't. It doesn't. In not. fact, we get two more endings. Yeah. <laughs> yes. How exciting. Yeah, that definitely feels like the climax, it right? It does. This next scene feels like a very post credit scene. I don't think they were doing that back then with, <laughs> with anything, no. but it certainly feels like a post credit scene. Yeah. We go back to the Johnson household where Shelly Johnson is asleep on the couch and all of a sudden the lights start flickering and the yeah, TV. Yeah, it's like the power like the is whole... surging on and off. Because everything's going off. It's not just the lights, it's the TV yeah. and the music that's playing. There's a really eerie shadow behind this drape that goes to Leo's bed. Yeah, what 
is going on there? Well, there's the liftomatic yeah. swinging. Yeah. Before that, it almost looks like a silhouette of somebody with a bucket on their head. Yeah. And I didn't know what I was looking is at. It bucket head? The guitarist? The guitarist? No. Okay. <laughs> she goes around and it's the liftomatic and this clown doll. Yeah. Laying in the bed, like going off. Vibrating or something. Yeah, it's moving. Like, the nose is like spinning. It was very strange. Really weird. Yeah, I don't like that at all. But I hate when she investigates the wheelchair. She thinks Bobby is playing an April Fool's prank on her. Yeah. Like it's April yet. No, not the day this airs, but right now it is April Fool's. That's why we're Well, in so Twin Peaks, this takes place on Saturday, March 18th. Close enough. Wow. Pretty close. So Shelly finds the clown doll on the bed, investigates Leo's wheelchair, which he is not in. He's not in. Nope. And turns around to find a conscious and well Leo Johnson. Well, not well, because the man is dressed as a clown. Was he? Has a party I hat on. I didn't realize that. Has like cake smeared on his face in the shape of a clown smile. Why so serious? <laughs> I just thought he got it's into the birthday cake again. A mess. <laughs> well, it doesn't make sense to be birthday cake because he was already being fed earlier. Right, and it looks like he's done this to himself. All around his mouth, it's all white, like icing, like a clown. It's it's definitely cake icing. Yeah, but he's done himself up like a clown. So Leo's back. Leo is back. So let's take a moment for unconscious Leo. We'll miss you. (laughs) (laughs) That's good enough. Yeah, (laughs) this power surge thing is not just at the Johnson household. It's even at the police station where there's been a blackout. And explosions and the works. She got a bomb threat. The works. Saying that there was a bomb in the woods, but not which woods, just the woods. The wondrous woods? The woods are wondrous here. Yes. Interesting. See, it's a bomb threat call. Some explosions go off. There's a transformer that blew on the roof. I'm fascinated at what they find in the blackout when Coop gets there. I'm fascinated. Kind of searching the place. Yeah. Coop thinks his lighter is going to emit enough light for him to see. It's just enough light to show that there's a lighter. Yeah. Yeah. And so he walks into Sheriff Truman's office. And what does he find? I couldn't even explain it. (laughs) We have a chessboard. A a dead hippie with a deer head and a chessboard. So this is the, the deer head from... The start of season one. Still on a table. Yeah. With the chessboard there. On the table and again. On the table again. This corpse posted up. Which, by the way, the did either of you think in the first glance that the corpse looked like Cooper? No. No. Because I did. I had that immediate thought that this looked like Cooper. And so... I don't think Windermerle is big into... Paper macheing dummies. Of- right. Well, not even. So I wasn't even thinking about it really again, but one of our Twitter followers uh, has been doing a quarantine uh, rewatch of the series and they've been doing little threads about each episode. And so on this episode, I found out this is a, a shout out to Ivan the Terrible at Under the Fan 113. The guy playing the dead man here is none other than Craig McLaughlin, Kyle McLaughlin's brother. Huh. And I thought, wow, that's why they look like I don't buy it. See, I didn't even pick up that it looked like him at all. 
I did. I for some I guess reason was, just in the eye, just in a at a first glance, I just thought that the that in the face it just looked like Cooper, and I thought, huh, I wonder if that's intentional. I was trying so hard to figure out who it was. Yeah. That I didn't even think who it looked like because I was trying to go back through characters in my head, and I it was nobody I recognized. Ivan the Terrible made that point as well that he said I can't help but help feeling it would have been more effective had the victim been one of the Twin Peaks citizens that we knew and cared about. It kind of looks like somebody, doesn't he? Yeah, I, I think that would have been a better kind of stab reveal. It's like, not only have we suddenly lost somebody, but in this really horrific manner. Yeah, that, that probably would have hit home a little better. And that's where we leave the episode. Check dong, dong. We finally get an episode title that's kind of relevant <laughs> to, the, to episode. the episode we're watching. Not... Not an episode later or... Yeah, not a previous or not or forthcoming storyline. No, it's very good. Uh, overall, I did really like this episode a lot. It's just little things, little details. Like, make it a different person at the end. Yeah. Show me... That smile. A reason to care about this Dick and Andy storyline. That needed a twist. Because right now it's just background. Yeah. Just, I just need little things to hold my interest in the subplots because I really just want to know more yeah. about the woods right now. What Garland Briggs saw. I also noticed too, this episode did a really good job of just jumping scene to scene, like uh, from story to story for a long time without even going back to, you know, even like the Cooper stuff from the beginning, it was doing a very good job of mm-hmm. like going around town. Like now this is happening. This is happening. And I just had that feeling like, Oh, this is actually really cool. We're going a long time without revisiting another scene um and obviously the climax is is very good at mm-hmm. dead dog farm climax number one so you have the climax at dead dog farm you have the death of john renault and getting cooper free you have leo johnson out of the wheelchair as a clown back from the dead and then you have the chessboard murder and yeah. just bam 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 right at the end and this has kind of been the trend this has been ending two three times this season and it's just Stuff you could save, stuff you could pace out better to make it that much more effective. I like that. After starting it, I thought it was going to be a weird, uh-uh. kind of a hard weird one. episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, it yeah. yeah, the weird is kind of getting peppered in pretty conservatively. What if that had been, what if that had been the whole episode was just Garland Briggs speaking in that chair? I would have watched it glued to my seat. It, oh, no, I would have turned it off. It was messing with me. It was weird. Like, it sounded weird, and it looked weird. It was Garland Briggs. He looked weird. And he was acting weird. Like, when he was, when he came back, and he was in the, sitting at the table, and he was like, I don't know, his hands were being Yeah, saying stuff about and, the soul. And- yeah, and he was almost acting, like, almost childlike or something. It was kind of weird. Just with trauma. His- mannerisms also like how he is a part of this rogue yeah group of people (laughs) a a small splinter cell that's still investigating blue book you guys think we're about ready for a little bit of uh talking foreheads i think i'm ready for the damn fine line of the night oh yeah we do that first wait a minute wait a minute this is excuse me a damn fine line is good my line of the night comes from our regional champion, Mike Nelson, as he tries to fend off the advances of a amnesiac super-strength Nadine. Mike. 
Mrs. Hurley, Nadine, I want my own piece of cherry pie. In fact, I want two pieces of cherry pie by myself. Okay. Meatloaf. No, cherry pie and coffee. In fact, I want 16 cups of coffee. I don't want to talk with you. I don't want to walk with you. I don't want to see you. I don't want to know you. Is that clear enough to understand? Or do I need a court order to get my point across? Savage. That is a good one. I didn't really pay attention to the specifics of that. Yeah, that's great. Tyler, how about you? Uh, mine is quick, and it's Audrey, so it's amazing. Don't worry, baby. Bobby's on the case. Don't call me baby. <laughs> Don't call me baby. Nice. Yeah. Yep. It's amazing. Uh, mine comes from uh, our recently deceased Gene Renault, where he... Uh, Explains to Cooper why he wants him dead. Before you came here, Twin Peak was a simple place. My brothers dealt up to the teenagers and the truck drivers. When I check, welcome the businessmen and the tourists. Quiet people live a quiet life. Then, a pretty girl died. A new arrival. And everything changed. And everything changed. I love too when he goes on and he says the line like the dream become the nightmare. So more dream more dream speak. Interesting that he says that to Coop about the dream becoming the nightmare. And the line that follows immediately after that, I thought was really, really cool. Where he says, mm-hmm. Maybe you brought the night. Mm-hmm. Something mm-hmm. to think mm-hmm. about. Just, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just always looking for those. For those pins to tie another piece of string mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Something to think about. On my vision board. Mm-hmm. Well, that was our damn fine lines of the night. Damn fine. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope you guys have some ratings for this episode. Oh, certainly. On a scale of mm-hmm. one to five James Hurley foreheads. Mm-hmm. This is talking foreheads. Mm-hmm. 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 Is that Morse code? Mm. <laughs> Talking foreheads. I can't. I just can't. James! Oh. Tyler, what did you think of this episode? I don't know what to give it. I've been thinking about it since I finished the episode. And I need your guys' help. All right. I think, given the amount of storylines and the three endings, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it four. I'm gonna give it four heads. That's a strong rating. Just four. Similar to Tyler's opinion, I had a really hard time rating this one. I have a couple gripes. But I can't deny mm. that it's really entertaining. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I really like a lot of what's going on. Not all, but enough for four. Just four. Patrick. Uh, I love this episode. It's super, it's super entertaining. Um, a lot of plots moving. Um, I love the finale, wrapping up the Jean Renault Lucin storyline at Dead Dog Farm with Denise. Um, it's fantastic stuff. Uh, it gives us a lot to look forward to with the two 
uh, cliffhangers at the end. Uh, this one is going to be four and a half foreheads from me. Just four. Are you sure? I sounded so confident. Great. Talking foreheads. <laughs> that's pretty good. Oh, boy. Well, that's Checkmate. Last two episodes went down, and this one's back up. So we are on the uptick. I know that word on the street in the Twin Peaks community is that this is where the series really takes a dip. It's a, it's a very long season, and there's supposed to be this big chunk where it's not interesting anymore. For me, my first time through, I agreed. It was kind of a struggle to get through. The second time around, for me, has been way more interesting, way more entertaining. And I think maybe it's just because I kind of took off the glasses of expectation and am able to just kind of watch it for what it is. There's so much to enjoy. It's like that with anything, too. I mean, everything is, uh, I mean, maybe not everything's better on a rewatch, but you certainly pick up more details and things. And especially with a show like this, you know, the more times you watch it, the more you're going to, I think, enjoy and find things that you didn't realize or pick up on before. But I am looking forward mm-hmm. to, to next week's episode, Double Play. It should be a good one. Double Play. We'll find out together on another episode of Talking Backwards. If you're a fan of what All you've right. heard today, you can find us on Instagram at Talking Backwards Pod. I am, I am still waiting for one follower. You or the Egg Deviler? Well, my friend, the Egg Deviler. You, oh, we, we don't know this man. The Deviler himself? That's oh, true. He sent me a... You know him. He sent me an, an oh, instant okay. message. On AIM? Earlier. He, want, he wants some followers. So you're saying everybody should go follow the Egg Deviler. That's understandable. At the Egg Deviler. Yeah. Some, some real serious on stuff Instagram. on there. Also on Instagram is Talking Backwards Pod. That's us. Come look at us. Send us a DM. Wow. Come hang out. And believe it or not, we're also on Twitter at Talking Backwards. We've got an email address. You can send us an email. It's TalkingBackwardsPod at gmail.com. Come on, why not? Anchor. Slash talking backwards. We're going to see you next week for double play. Maybe. Wait. Tyler, did you win that board game? (laughs) Hell no. No, I had the winning bid for two weeks. And then I even went, I think like $20 over what I wanted to spend. And then it went for just like twice as much. Holy cow. <laughs> there was no chance. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was definitely the cheapest. Like that that one was the cheapest mm-hmm. that I had seen. Like even after it sold. So well, that's crazy. a shame. I've given up. Especially if I'm never going to be in the same room as y'all again. COVID-19. Yeah, everybody stay safe. Stay inside. Stay apart. Wash your hands. Sanitize. I make no promises for our maintained schedule. Just because of the chaos that is this current time. And yeah, apologies in advance. For Albert. Um, we may not be able to make every Saturday. Uh, it's just a crazy time. And life happens. If we get jammed up, then we promise that we'll get an episode out as soon as we can. Uh, we hope that you can enjoy our backlog. We've got plenty of backlog episodes to go back and enjoy. Refer some friends. Get them in here. Listen together. During this quarantine time, watch Twin Peaks. If you haven't started, start.
listen with us, watch with us. Nobody who hasn't seen Twin Peaks is going to hear this episode to hear you tell them to watch okay, Twin listen. Peaks. <laughs> We're going to go back and add it to the pilot. Listen. <laughs> Nothing is certain right now. <laughs> Nobody has toilet paper. Nobody has soap. Nobody has friends or places to go. I have soap. I think I'm going to sign off. I think that's my sign off. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody.